As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Nobody's here to watch, but everyone at home has their hearts in their throats. And 0-2 to right field. Adam Engel is there! A no-hitter! The 19th in White Sox history! What a game. What a moment for Lucas Giolito throwing a no-hitter against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And today on the White Sox Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, I'm going to speak with Lucas's dad, Rick Giolito, about how he threw the no-hitter. And not just about what happened that night and how he and James McCann were so in sync. And we'll get into that. But how this all goes back to Lucas's childhood. How he knew he wanted to be a baseball player back when he was seven. How he was throwing 95 in high school. How he struggled for the first time in his life in 2018. And how he reached deep, deep down within himself to not only become the pitcher he is today, but yes, how he threw that no-hitter. Rick's going to talk about all of this, plus what it was like to be him, Lucas's dad, while he was making baseball history. Because believe it or not, Rick Giolito didn't even watch the game. And there's a great story behind it. So how did Lucas Giolito throw his no-hitter? You're about to find out on the White Sox Talk Podcast. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! That ball hit deep way back! Deep to the field! Holy cow! Carlton Fest has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! You can put it on the board! Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, before we hear my conversation with Rick Giolito, I did want to talk for a sec about what's happening in our country right now. I know the sport of baseball that we love and this podcast that you listen to is often an escape from real life. And let's be honest, real life has sucked with the pandemic this year. And I know in many ways, the White Sox have been this fun, exciting, healing distraction to give all of us a break of what's happening around us. But the ripple effects from the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha are being felt all over in society and, yes, in sports. Major League Baseball games got canceled in protest on Wednesday. Players like the Cubs' Jason Hayward chose not to play against the Tigers, and as I'm taping this, three NBA playoff games 
were canceled. Think about that. A Mariners second baseman, D. Gordon, the Mariners didn't play their game on Wednesday. He said this, there are serious issues in this country. For me and for many of my teammates, the injustices, violence, death, and systematic racism is deeply personal. This is impacting not only my community, but very directly my family and friends. Our team voted unanimously not to play tonight. Instead of watching us, we hope people will focus on things more important than sports that are happening. Now, I don't have the answers here. I'm a sportscaster. I cover the White Sox for a living. But I am a person who cares about our country and our freedoms and the people who live among us. I really, really care about the people who live among us, who want the same rights as I do. As someone who was born in the 1970s, I really cannot believe this is where we are at as a country right now in terms of race, but it is. So all I can do is look inside myself and wanna be a part of the change. Because in the end, we're all human beings. We all want the same freedoms. And I do hope we find common ground. We need to be better as a society. But more importantly, I just want to say it, we need to be better to each other. We really do. All right, that's all I wanted to say. Now, it is my conversation with Rick Giolito, a father talking about his son, a very proud father talking about his son who did something truly amazing. Here we go. All right, with us is Rick Giolito, father, of Lucas Giolito, who is, he's, he's showing his White Sox hat, your proud hat that you are wearing right now. I love the White Sox. <laughs> I'm so happy my son plays for the White Sox. I can't even begin to tell you. What has the last 24 hours been like for you? Well, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I, uh, I try and stay calm. I do a poor job of it. Uh, before the games, but I was feeling better because of his 13th strikeout performance the other day. So I felt like, you know, he was, he was back on the tracks. So I always refer to, when I talk to Lucas about pitching, I tell him he's a freight train. You know, he's a big guy and, uh, you know, he has to get his engine rolling. He has to get that engine warmed up. That's part of what he's talked about, you know, pitching that first inning. It's not the first time you know, we've ever talked about that because he, he's always kind of historically had some issues pitching in the first inning. So I metaphorically, I tell him, you know, you get that freight train running down the tracks, nobody's going to stop you. And yesterday was a perfect example of that. I mean, he, that engine was going in the first inning and it never let up. It was just crazy. But I don't watch the games, Chuck. I cannot believe this. So, I, I, so I'm I trying can't. to figure this out. You are not watching the game. 
your son no. is making national news, throwing a no-hitter, and you haven't seen one second of it. Well, I have a story about that yesterday. Um, I typically do not watch the games. I'm superstitious. I don't want to jinx them. I, I prefer finding out what happened, you know, uh, and then I'll go back and I'm, I'll watch it if he did well, if he, uh, you know, if it was close or whatever. But if he has a clunker, I, I, I just I prefer not to watch it. Who, who the hell wants to see that? So last night, and Lindsay, by the way. Um, your, your wife. She, she doesn't sometimes, but she cheats. So uh, last night, you know, she watched the first game he pitched against the Twins, and it didn't go well. And we were all distraught, immediately brought back, you know, feelings from 2018. And I said, honey, we can't watch. It's just not worth it. Just wait until it's over. And then, you know, we'll, you know if it's great, we'll go and watch it. We'll just enjoy it. So uh, she uh, agreed with my uh, process until yesterday. Because... In about the fifth inning, my phone started blowing up. And my family and friends know not to text or call me about what's going on. But acquaintances don't know that. And so the phone started blowing up. And I'm like, okay. Then the, the house phone started blowing up. And it was Mark Frost, uh, Lucas's uncle, Calling, do you know what's going on? No, I don't know what's going on. No hitting, no hits through five. Oh, Jesus, Mark, you just jinxed it. Um, and anyway, it went on and we kept hearing. And then Casey from the UK, his brother, was texting his mother and she'd run out, no hits through six, no hits through seven. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. You know, and so I'm nervous before games anyway. And, you know, it's my kid. And now I'm nervous. Is he going to do it? So the ninth inning rolls around and Lindsay finally is like, I can't take it. I got to watch. I said, okay, go ahead and watch. I'm leaving. <laughs> so I actually poured a nice bourbon. I grabbed it and I walked out the door and I walked down my road. I live on a gravel road about a half mile long. And I figured if I walk to the end of that and back, that will be about the amount of time that it will take to get through this half inning. So that's exactly what I did. And as I was coming back, Scott, uh, Lindsay's brother, Scott Frost, another writer in the family, happens to live in the house next door. And as I was, you know, my, I guess I know how long, I figured how long it would take if he did it. I hit uh, the house and he walked out and I said, what happened? He goes, it's over. And I go, what, what happened? He goes, it's a no hitter. And that was it. I just, I went berserk. And then, you know, just like I'm sure you had a busy day, I had a busy night, and uh, people calling, texts, emails. Lucas finally um, said, you know, don't go to sleep. And so uh, he, uh, he, he um, um, video called us at about 1.15 a.m. When he got back to his apartment, we had a nice chat. And it was all fun, and after all that, I went and sat down and watched the game. So you watched the game around 1.30 in the morning. Yes. Until around, what, 3.30? I guess it's a two-hour game, roughly? Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah, I you... haven't yet watched. Now, Chuck, I not only watch the broadcast from – I always watch the 
Chicago broadcast first. Mm -hmm. Then I watched the opposing team's broadcast. You did not. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it after this. Okay, okay. Because I love to hear what the opposition has to say. What was the phone conversation? Well, it was a telephone, uh, a video conversation. What was it like when just to see your son have his greatest moment, individual moment on a baseball field after that and just being able to connect with him in some way? And what was that feeling like for you as a father? Oh, it was absolutely thrilling. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm so happy for him. Um, I'll I'll tell you, in 2018, you know, he was he was going through some stuff mentally, mentally, physically. And we had some conversations. And and he said to uh, me, he goes, you know, Dad, he goes, I know I can be one of the best pitchers in this league. And I said, I know you can, too. Just got to get your head in the right place, focus, and get it done. He goes, I'm going to do it. I said, okay. And so now we roll around to, you know, last year, the All-Star game, of course. But uh, last night, you know, I I had had always known that he had the talent to throw a no-hitter in the major leagues. I didn't know when. I didn't expect it to be now. But my goodness, you know, he's 26 years old. He's in his – third year it's two and a half years you know uh, of uh, full season play and he and he does this and so it was just joyous you know I, he was he was relieved this was on his bucket list he you know he'll tell you that that throwing a major league no hitter was definitely on his bucket list I've seen him do it twice before in high school and then the minor leagues and um, you know he wanted a nine inning no hitter and damn if he didn't do it he actually said that he always envisioned throwing a no-hitter. I mean, you say it as his father. He actually, you know, said it for himself. Oh, he, he believed? Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely believed he could do it. It, it. it was just a matter of when. He really does. Even I mean, look, uh, it, it took a lot of tenacity, a lot of determination to come from where he was in 2018 to where he is now. Uh, and... You know, through that time, he never stopped believing in himself. He knew he had it in there. And he'll say somewhere inside, you know, there's this guy. Just got to let him out. And he let him out last night. I mean, you know, it was unconscious. And, of course, with McCann behind the plate, who he trusts implicitly, you know, it gives him a lot of comfort. Nothing against Grandal. Grandal is a terrific player. But those guys have formed a bond over, you know, a season and, and um, they both had, you know, rough 2018s and they kind of grew together and he just is supremely confident on the mound with McCann back there. And I hope he gets that way with Grandal, but you know, Grandal's got to learn him and, uh, and Lucas has to learn Grandal. And so hopefully it will all work out in the end. Everybody will be happy. The pitcher catcher relationship, certainly for a starter, it's like you're sharing the same brain, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think in, in moments like that, you know, when you've got that going for two and a half, three hours, mm-hmm. I think you, you guys, you know, those two guys are so locked in on the same page. Uh, you know, Lucas will tell you um, that, you know, he's got the grip in the glove and McCann puts the fingers down. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's not like, you know, Lucas is holding a fastball grip and McCann puts down a changeup. No, 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 no. 
It's like if he's got a fastball grip, McCann's putting down a fast fastball grip. And and that's just, you know, the way those guys operate. And and uh they really believe in each other. You know how it is. I mean, if you got you need somebody, it's it it's not just you. You need a team, you, you need a partner, you need somebody to help you get through it. And and you know, from two thousand nineteen through this, you know, McCann has been that guy. You know your son very well. I know your son on a limited basis, certainly compared to you. But I have watched every single one of his starts with the White Sox. And it was in the third inning. I'm watching him. I've already, I was already sensing this in the first couple innings. But in the third inning, I'm like, yeah, there's something different going on in his mind about his stuff and this game, did you feel that? Well, well, <laughs> after you already knew he threw a no hitter, and you rewatched the game or watched the game for the first time, were you seeing what I actually was seeing? Yeah, I've seen that. You know, I've seen that before in his life. I've seen it in high school. I've seen it in the minors where he's just like, "Yeah, I got this." You know, I think it's tougher to do at the major league level because the the players are so much more talented. But I think he's growing to that level where he really believes that, you know, he can beat anybody. And yesterday you saw that. That's what you you probably saw in his face. It's like, I got this. I got everything is set up for me today. And, you know, he was feeling it. You know, he had command over his fastball, um, command over his his changeup. He's thrown his slider for strikes and for wipeouts. and. You know, I mean, you get into that zone and, you know, people call it, you get in the zone. I guess he was in that zone, but he knows, you know, he said, I I think I saw an interview where he said he was feeling the first inning when he's feeling good. And, um, you know, he, he, and he feels everything's working. It just gives, gives him or any, it gives him more confidence that he's going to be able to go out there and just execute. He doesn't have to think about anything. He doesn't have to think about making adjustments. He doesn't have to think about, oh, you know, what do I do with this guy or that guy? He just goes out, sign goes down, mitt goes up, and he just hits a spot. And that's that's what you saw last night. It's cool because he's going to hang on to all these mementos from the game. The White Sox are digging up. Yeah, he won't give them to me anymore. What do you mean? (laughs) I, I... I have his first major league um, pitch, his first major league strikeout, his cleats, his first glove. And and uh, when he got his uh, pitcher of the month award, I was asking about it. I go, okay, well, why don't you just pack that up and send it to me? He goes, well, what do you mean? No, I'm keeping this. So I just, I told him to hang on to everything. I didn't tell him to send me anything. Okay. You may have reached your limit, at least for a little while. That's all right. Well, they're going to give him the, the rubber, the pitcher's money. I know. I know. I texted him earlier. We were just texting a little while ago. I said, you got to make a, you know, you should make a shadow box. Of course, you know, who, who wants to listen to dad? But I said, you should make a shadow box, a two picture, you know, you and your last pitch and, and you and McCann celebrating with that rubber, the ball, and your jersey. That would be awesome. And he just smiled and. That was he it. just ignored me. 
he's going to do what he's going to do. Just, yeah. You know, we're, we're at that point in life. Yeah. All right, coming up, more of my conversation with Rick Giolito about his son, Lucas. We're back in a moment. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, after the game, he said, I know I can do better. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, you, you look on social media and, you know, I mean, I saw an article last week somebody wrote where they were just saying, like, you know, why isn't he living up to expectations? I'm like, you people are crazy. Um, you know, take those two, take those, those uh, two innings out of his season. He's got a 1.5 ERA. Ooh, I got to look into that. You might be right oh, yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. That's right. It was against the Twins. And what was that other bad start he had? Four runs against the Twins, four runs against the Twins. He's had two bad innings. You take yeah. those out. And, and, you know, so, you know, he's not perfect. He's a big guy. He, you know, he, he, he's got to be just right. But anyway, um, I don't remember what we were talking about. Well, Which, he said that he it? wants to be – he knows he can be Oh, better. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it won't, it's probably not shocking coming from me, but you have not seen the best of what he's, he's got to offer yet. Um, he wants to become more consistent. He wants to, you know, work on his other pitches, you know, his curveball, his slider, because he was known as a curveball guy originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> he's going to continue working on that. I don't think this is not the best he's going to be. He's 26 years old. You know, two years, three years down the road. Can you imagine it? It was, Have you Justin, gone? Ver- was Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander at 26? No. You know, no. Max Scherzer? No. So you got a 26-year-old. He's got some runway ahead of him. Uh, exactly. And, and the White Sox have some runway ahead of them. I mean, you're looking at this is the beginning of them gelling. I mean, they are one scary team. I, they can beat anybody. They can, I mean, you know, it was always uh, the Twins, oh, my good, the home runs, blah, blah, blah. Who's leading the league in home runs now? By a wide margin, the White Sox. So they can beat anybody. And this is this is. Just the beginning. This wasn't supposed to happen until 2021, right? Congratulations. Well, depends who you ask. I think some yeah. Sox fans are thinking 2019, and that didn't happen. You know, give Rick Hahn a pat on the back because if, yeah. if I mean, if it's scary now, imagine what it's going to be next year when Robert has another year, when Eloy has another year, when, when um, you know, these guys get some more experience and, yeah. figure, you know, it's going to be crazy. It's funny. Like, I think I know baseball. I think you know baseball, too. When Frank, 
Well, yeah, when Frank Thomas, Hall of Famer, comes out and says, this team could go to the World Series. And he was saying that before the season started. And I'm thinking, Frank, what, what are you talking about? But he's been in these clubhouses. He right. knows teams. He knows the realities of baseball. And we are always kind of, uh, as a member of the media or fans, you're always like reacting to the season before and what your expectations are in your own mind. But as a baseball player, they see, they, they're wired differently. Would you agree? Well, yeah, absolutely. A guy who's been there. But you, I, I, I've never been in a baseball clubhouse. Lucas has talked about this clubhouse at length to us, and I think to the media to some extent. But he's not kidding around when he talks about how close these guys are. He's not kidding around when he says, you know, that, you know, Grandal and Carcion, I mean, uh, they, they all came in and just blended in. I think that's probably what Frank's talking about. You can smell it. You can feel it. You can taste it. And look at them. I mean, it, it's exactly as advertised. These guys pull for each other. There's, there's no – Who's this guy? Who's a new? Oh, you know, he's doing better than me. I, that's not happening. Now there are clubhouses like that mm-hmm. where guys are playing for contracts and, you know, they're looking out or there's a pecking order and all that crap. And um, I've heard about those. I won't mention who those particular ones are, but um, in the white Sox you know, clubhouse in, in the past. No, not, no, I don't know anything about the whites. No, I'm not talking about the white Sox. other teams. Yeah. Yes. That and, exists. Uh, yes, it does. And that is not the case here. These guys no. are, are together. They are melded, you know, and, and I think that's part of the chemistry of why they're doing so well. You've known, uh, obviously you've known him his whole life. That's a stupid question. <laughs> yeah, I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have as little to sleep as you have. <laughs> My question for you, my question for you is when did you know there was something about your son that, listen, there's a lot of people that play high school baseball and a lot of people excel and they're amazing and that's as far as they go. When did you know, why did you know that Lucas was different? Oh, he was very, when he was a very, uh, when he was very young, um, you know, he was, he was bigger than, almost always bigger than everybody. And um, he had a very fast arm. Uh, you know, he started breaking thumbs in Little League, and we had to move him up and out to travel ball. And they started breaking thumbs there. And, um, uh, you know, when he went to high school, uh, Coach LaCour at Harvard-Westlake uh, wanted him to come over. And I was like, Really? And um, we had one of the coaches, um, you know, started talking to me about when he was like 14 years old, 13, 14, about, you know, he, he, he might, you know, he might make, you know, division one, you know, you never know. And I'm like, really, you're kidding me. I think it really came to fruition uh, the day before his 14th birthday. He was 13 and 364 days old and he threw over 90 miles an hour and at that point there were people you know ooing and eyeing 
you know, is 13, what, you know, he's really 14, but they're just not quite 14 years old, you know, throwing 88 to 91. And at that point, you're going, oh, my goodness. And then uh, when he went to um, high school after his freshman year, which was a mess, he didn't pitch. You know, he pitched a few innings, but he couldn't find the strike zone. Uh, but he started getting it late in the year. And Coach LaCour called me and said, I, I really need to prepare you. Prepare me for what? He goes, um, I, this, this, this guy can really do something. I'm like, college? Really? You think you could get a scholarship? So I was pretty thrilled, thrilled. He was 14 going on 15 then. And uh, sophomore year is where it really started. He was just throwing hard, and he developed that curveball. And then junior year, forget about it. You know, um, he would go to a high school game and sit 96 to 98 for seven innings. He'd touch 100. Um, I remember um, they have no, they, how, how would they even try to hit off of him? They didn't, they didn't hit off of him. It was impossible. I remember, um, who was the, the, um, former GM of the Astros? Uh, start with an L, um, Lunau. Yeah. Lunau came out to see him, you know, and I, I didn't, I never talked to scouts and I did not like talking. I was not that dad, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't want to talk to anybody, uh, but you know, he, he, sometimes they want to meet the parents and it was a 10 AM game. And Lucas's first pitch was 97. And um, Lunell looks at me and goes 97 at 10 in the morning. Are you kidding me? And I go, yeah, I don't know. And that was it. Uh, and Lucas and, is not you know, a morning at person point, <laughs> at that point, And, and John Savage from, uh, uh, UCLA head coach who uh, I had the utmost respect for texted me last night to congratulate us and Lucas. I, that man is unbelievable. You know, Lucas was um, uh, was committed to UCLA and I really wanted him to go there because it was basically a mile from my house. Um, you know, John also told me that, you know, he's got potential to do really big things. So, it started at a very young age and it went all the way up. And, but that was part of this whole thing, Chuck, because the expectations on him from a very young age were so high that you're just like, it just, it's just like a balloon. It keeps filling up, filling up, filling up. And, and, you know, can it keep going like that? No, because you hit the major leagues and it's a whole different ball of wax. And, but he wasn't given the permission to struggle. He was expected to hit that major leagues and take off like a jet plane, but just, it's just not the way it works for some guys. And he was probably in the wrong situation with the nationals because they were a team that was ready to win right then and there. And Lucas wasn't ready to win right there. And then because he had more seasoning needed. He needed, he needed more development. They needed him to perform and there wasn't room like there was in the white Sox in 2018 to make mistakes. And, you know, the shuttling up and down, I mean, that was a bit of a shock to his system. He'd never, you know, he'd never seen failure in his entire career. And, um, and uh, he needed to figure out how to get past that. And thank God he did. What has Dallas Keuchel meant to him? Oh, he loves Dallas. Um, 
you know, he loved Jane. Look, Lucas uh, really respects the history of the game. I mean, really respects the history of the game. And he, res- and he really respects uh, the veterans, the veteran presence. And, uh, you know, let's go back to James Shield, who had a tremendous um, impact on him. And before that, Max Scherzer, who, when Lucas was really struggling, told him, Luke, go look at my stats. You know, uh, they, you know, I was with Arizona. They wanted to make they wanted to make me a bullpen guy. He goes, you know, it's you know, it doesn't it doesn't happen in a day. And then James Shields basically taught him how to be a professional pitcher. Really took the time to show him how to be a professional pitcher. And I think that bringing in look last year, Lucas carried a lot of the weight um, and. Uh, he was happy to do that, but I think it's tough, you know. And uh, when when uh, uh, Keuchel came in, it was like, wow, we got another guy that's going to help, uh, you know, ease the burden. And I, I think it put him at deference to him just for what he has accomplished in his life. And I think Keuchel's a very giving guy. And is there to support Lucas, you know, Kyle could be a number one anywhere. Yeah. And, and, you know, he took this role after watching, you know, seeing what the, what the White Sox had and saying, yeah, I'll come in and be a number two to this guy. Really? Hey, you know, that is something that is, that is really, I got massive respect for that. All right. So how many phone calls do you think you've, received how many texts are on your phone oh um f- between phone calls facebook messages texts <laughs> linkedin hundreds hundreds i've i've heard from people i haven't talked to and then i get the um the uh you know the the uh text with just the phone number and, uh, hey, I just wanted to reach out. It's been great. Uh, you know, unbelievable what your kid did. Can't wait to see him pitch again. Uh, you know, call me, Steve. And I'm like, Steve who? <laughs> I got a bunch of those. Yeah. And then I got people interesting. Hey, I'm a friend of a friend. And, and uh, you know, you know this person, this person. And my son plays, you know, for this. And. I just wanted to say hello, and I'm like, yeah, great, congratulations. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, you know, good, great, you know. Um, that happens, and, um, and then I have local folks who I don't know who are Sox fans up here in Albany who uh, DM me and, you know, say, oh, can we get together and watch a game? You know, I'm a Sox fan. We're Little do they know, here. you do not watch games. Do you watch the games when he's not pitching? I watch every one. So you do, you watch every one that he's not pitching except for the ones. Fine. I watch Max and I watch um, Jack whenever they pitch. Max Fried and Jack Flaherty. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's another thing. Those three guys. I mean, those are three peas in a pod. Those really are best friends. They're not, they're not kidding around. And, and um, they go out of their way to support each other. Talk before games, after games, diagnose the games. um, And uh, just, they're as happy for the other guy's success as for their success. That's amazing. Like do they, talk, is, they talk together in a three-way conversation or they just do it one and one by one or one-on-one? Uh, one usually on one. it's one-on-one, yeah. you know, after games. And uh, they'll, they'll, uh, 
they'll dissect it and they'll, you know, Lucas will say, Jack, look at this. What did you see? And, you know, or, and Mac, and, you know, Lucas talks to Max, Max talks to Lucas. I think Mac, I think Lucas was telling me that he was, um, you know, Max is having an exceptional year and he was, he was talking to him about his preparation. You know, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Different this year than last year and what have you. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, those three guys in high school together. I mean, it's crazy. I know. In the I mean, they're three of the best young pitchers in baseball. What's in the water in Southern California in that one neighborhood? It was just that, you know, well, Lucas and Max were the same year. Jack was two years behind. He, he was a sophomore when they were seniors. But it, it was, um, you know, just the luck of the draw. And, uh, you know, a lot of kids came out, came out of that area in, in that time frame. It was just, you know, who knows why. Um, but it happened. It's funny. I was just thinking, you know, how did Lucas Giolito throw a no hitter? How did he do it? Can you, how, how do you answer that? As you take a drink, you've been talking a lot, um, <laughs> which I like. How did he do it? He, he's been doing it for years and years and years. I mean, he, he has been, he spent, he told us he wanted to be a baseball player when he was seven years old professional baseball player so from that time until everything is built to yesterday i think everything built to actually to 2019 mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to one game the 2019 season the all-star game and you know he crossed that off his list he wanted to do that he had told told us that well all-star game no hitter playoffs world series those are his goals. Cy Young, I, you know, is not on the list. I don't know why. So what about Cy Young? He goes, oh, Dad, that just happened to happen. And, um, and uh, you know. World Series, things, I'm assuming, is on the list. Yes, World Series is on the list. It's things he thinks he can control um, on, you know, when he's on the hill as opposed to uh, something, something, you know, uh, like Cy Young. It's a lot of different things have to happen, but. I, I ne- never talk to him. I tell him he can win a Cy Young one day, but we never talk about it. Yeah. It's not something that ever comes up. And I believe he can. I really do. I'm telling you, he's 26. He's not done. It's going to get better. Sox fans have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this. They're so jacked because it's here. It's, it's really here. It, it is happening. And there was also the risk of like, what if this, what if this doesn't work? Because that happens too. But that's hey, not the situation. I tip my cap to Rick Hahn. You know, I knew Lucas had it. Um, Rick Hahn looked over at, you know, I read something today that, I don't know, I don't know these articles. I don't know where these people get this, but they said that the Nationals were shopping Lucas to anybody who would take him. And I'm like, what? You know, where, what? Who, who, who? Yeah, well, I, was, really. well, I could. It's I could a bet. giveaway. It's yeah. a Lucas giveaway. It was Lucas and two players, you know. Giving um, away Lucas. And, um, you know, look, there, Chris Sale, you know, that was tough. And sure, you know, you're looking for a guy. Now you got two guys, you got three guys. You know, you got Lucas. Lucas likes to say this. They're, they're, we're all aces, you know. I mean, look at what Keuchel's doing. Look, it, it, it you know, it's crazy. Um, 
Lucas doesn't have the most wins. It's um, it's Keuchel actually. It after, Keuchel today, after today, after today, because he won his fifth game today. So yeah, I and mean, Cease has four wins. Yeah, look at look at what look at what Cease is doing. You know, he's he's been a magician. You know, I want to, I want, I, I love watching him, but I don't like those those games where you gotta squirm all over the place. I would just like to see a, you know, him have one dominant. You know, outing like like Luke had. I think Doesn't that's common for him. To, you know, yeah. like I, you, you just see these baby steps that he's taking, right? And it's like I've every game, it. yeah. It's like every, and you, you've 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 seen it with your son, but like Cease is like, yeah, oh, he's getting closer. He's getting closer. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, we always knew. Everybody knew what from a very young age what 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 Lucas was capable of. This is not a secret. Yeah. It's just that, you know, depending on performance um, in a, any given period of time, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, support either goes up or wanes or whatever. But what are you going to – I mean, you got a six-foot-six guy with that kind of stuff. I mean, um, you, know, you don't give up on that. No. Well, his next start is against the Twins, and we know one. I know one thing: you, Rick Giolito, will not be watching the game live. I will not, but I'll be looking forward to the CG Shuddy. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> well, he's done it before. Why not? Yes, he, he has. He he actually is very. He I've talked to him about this. There's been very little in between with him and the Twins. He either shuts them down like complete game shutout, or Nelson Cruz hits three home runs on three different pitches. So you'll know in the first inning, Chuck. You'll yep. know what's going to happen. You can turn it off after the first. You can go sit down, have a you know, have a coke, sit on the couch. Yeah, it'll be a coke. Oh, there'll be no. I'll be sitting on the couch. I'll be working, but that's okay. You you you're <laughs> the one that can have the bourbon during the games, not me. Oh, trust me. I mean, well, that one, that was special. I don't, I don't typically do that, but I mean, I got to tell you, man, uh, there, there was some adrenaline coursing through my veins too, and I wasn't doing anything. So wow. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope he, uh, I think, um, and he knows it, it, he prepares right. You won't see a repeat of that. You'll, you'll see a great, a good game out of him. And, you know, we can outscore them. You know, we can we we can just do it. Is it is he going up against who's pitching? Bieber? I don't know who he's going up against, but I know he's Monday and Keuchel's Tuesday. Okay, that's a t- those two guys are tough, man. Yeah. Look, well, said to me fun. today. I said, you know, you, I said, I think you're I think you're second in strikeout behind Bieber. He goes, oh man, have you seen his curveball? Sick. These guys, you know, these guys respect each other. And um, he was asked a question today on, uh, you know, who was the uh, – who texted you that was um, most unusual? I think uh, they asked him, uh, yeah. who, you know, who texted you you didn't expect it from? And it was, it was Walker Bueller who just texted him after the game, texted him, oof. Oof, that was all I got. All I got. Oof, that's enough. Yeah, you know, it's like watch the game. Oof. 
And, uh, you know, they, they met, I think they met uh, at the All-Star game. And uh, I think on the spot, it's hard to remember those things, but I thought that was pretty nice That's of awesome. Walker to do that, you know. Well, hey, this has been great. So much. Uh, thank you so much for, for talking with me about your experience, your stories about your son. He's such a special, special person, a special pitcher, and White Sox fans are just so fortunate to have him uh, on the team. And we see why he's the person that he is because of the father that you are and you have been. Uh, well, thank you. But I, I just have to say that uh, Lucas is fortunate to be a White Sox as well. I mean, uh, that team did not stop believing in him, you know, even when there wasn't that much to believe in. And I got, I got massive love for the White Sox organization, for Ricky, for Coop, and uh, everybody, the staff, Stoney, I mean, and, and Jason, you know, had to call those games in 2018. You know, thank you. Mm. Well, thank you. And, and you too, Chuck. And hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, when he throws his next no hitter, we'll do this again. All right. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.